Hey everyone, welcome to Recovering You. This is a podcast that will take you through a step-by-step guide of what you can expect when you enter into a world of recovery from addictive and compulsive behaviors. You are here to learn how to change, and we are here to give you the tools to get there. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Recovering You. Guys, I am on cloud nine right now. I am loving life. There are so many cool things going on. There's also some really hard things going on. We're going to talk about both today. But before before we get into stories and everything, I'm joined by a, a new guest, an unknown face in the realm of podcasting, but it is a handsome face. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. He's a good looking guy. He's an, he's an amazing man. I got to hang out with him for a few days when... Uh, Maurice was out here doing his uh, conference in Phoenix. And, you know, I was just, not only was I impressed by his spiritual uh, strength and his spiritual game, but I was impressed with his golf game too, that he took, he took the simple instruction of keep your eye on the ball and relax and just started thwacking the ball when we were at top golf <laughs> and ended up being one of the top scorers of the day. This is my friend, Dallin L., and I'm going to let him uh, introduce himself real quick here. Dallin, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Um, you can give my last name, Dallin Loosely. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I never, I never know. I should have asked you before. I never know. No, Some you're people good. Are like, no, I don't want my last name out there. People are going people to know about me and all my dark secrets. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I got some dark stuff on the internet, but no. Um, mostly just like pictures of me in middle school that's about as dark as it gets that is dude and that is dark that's some scary (laughs) it's very dark um yeah that you you neglected to mention that you were the one who instructed me and then i proceeded to beat you so the (laughs) padawan became the master so close so quickly it was i think it just speaks volumes to your your ability as a mentor right that you it took you like five seconds to teach me right bring me to that level that was pretty impressive so okay uh introduction my name is Dallin I um I work for life-changing services right now kind of as like an intern position basically so that's what I'm treating it as but I do personal warrior training and then I I mentor a group like Cameron on on Thursdays and then I actually just recently um uh have become the program leader of Sons of Mosiah which is basically Sons of Helaman for missionaries that are out in the field. So Dude, if you know so any missionaries cool. who are struggling, you can let Cameron know and he will let me know, I guess. I don't know. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> missionaries struggle? Uh, I guess. I, 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 don't know. I didn't I didn't know that missionaries <laughs> were even like human. I thought they were all just these perfect angelic individuals that never had any problems in life. Yeah, they're they're angel robots. Yep. Yeah. And then they never deviate <laughs> from obedience ever. Perfect obedience. No. Yep. yep. New news flash. Even when you are living your most righteous life for two years, you are still going to struggle with constant temptation from Satan. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you human. That's what yeah. we love talking about here. We love acknowledging the fact that, guys, we're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. and We're here to learn and grow. And, you know, speaking, speaking of learning and growing, I, I had to do a bit of harsh learning and growing last night. So I got invited to this wellness convention. And in my mind, this was going to be my breakout moment. 
that I, I, I was, I was going to get to talk to hundreds of people. I was going to get to tell them about my day one brand, about my podcast. I had QR codes set up to take people directly to my podcast. I was giving away free merchandise. I was making custom shirts. Like I, I was ready, man. And I spoke to about six people and sold three shirts and I had spent over $700 getting ready for this thing. And so I'm like, by the end of that night, I'm, I'm in such a dark and miserable place that I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this, like, this was something that was, that was my passion. This is something I love talking about. This is something that I, I literally gave 20, 30 hours of my time to printing out, weeding, vinyling, um, making these shirts and everything, getting everything ready to go to have it completely flop. And it wasn't until later last night and a little bit this morning, and even just like, yeah, it's gradually evolving mm-hmm. that I've kind of come to realize that just because I didn't get the recognition and the acknowledgement and the attention and the, the blow up that I was expecting, from uh, of success from this doesn't make it any less of my passion doesn't mean i feel any Mm. less motivated to and enthusiastic to tell people about my story to tell people about how awesome recovery is and how amazing life can be when you decide to change that and that it's never too late there's always hope to change and i'm gonna I, i i know i I know I said that would be like my, my segue story, but I, I have one other story coming home from Texas, dude, sometimes, sometimes God just reaches into, into your life and just oh, yeah. on decks you across the face and just says, <laughs> there's no way you can deny that I put you at this place at this time for a reason. So standing in line to get on the plane. Um, you know, just strike up casual conversation with these people talking about, you know, well, you know, so, some of the people getting off on the plane prior to us were wearing like unicorn slippers and like onesies, like we just weird clothes. And so, you know, we got to kind of chuckling and making some Wait, comments. You, you don't wear unicorn slippers when you fly? I, I don't. Only when I drive. Because <laughs> I, I like I like to keep them hidden. So <laughs> I drive in my unicorn slippers and my Snuggie. So... <laughs> That seems dangerous. But. <laughs> it's it. You're right. It is. It's it's comfy. But anyway, so I, I get on the plane, and one of these, uh, this this woman about the same age as me, standing in line with me, and she's the one that ends up sitting next to me on the plane. And so we strike up a conversation, and talking about families and stuff, talking about what what we want to do with our lives and everything. And so that leads me into, oh man, well my my dream, my passion would be to get into like full-time job of recovery of maybe even running a camp where people can go and um, learn how to just live a happier and healthier lifestyle free Mm -hmm. from addiction. And she's like, well, what kind of addiction? And so, you know, this is when like my, my light bulbs and like sirens start going off of like, oh baby, here we go. We are in for a good one. And (laughs) so, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, sex and pornography addiction. And she goes, I'm sorry what addiction did you just say? Like does like a double take and I'm like sex and pornography. And she goes, you know, most, in fact, no man ever have I known to openly just tell a stranger that he has an addiction to pornography. And, and I go, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not most men and the journey that I've (laughs) taken and the, the path that I'm on is one that I'm proud of. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to talk about it. 
And so then, then she leans in and she goes, I'm pretty sure God put me here next to you. Oh, very because cool. my fiance right now, we're, we're currently separated because of his pornography use. And he doesn't know how to find help and I don't know how to help him. And so for the rest of the flight, we sit there in this intense, spiritual and beautiful conversation about how it's not her fault and about what she can do to find healing through her betrayal trauma. And that, you know, she's, she's got this, these kids she's got to take care of. And like, there's just so much tragedy and, and heartbreak going on in her life right now. She just doesn't know how to help them. And that's the thing with addiction. The people that are hurt by it don't know how to help. All they can, all they usually say is just stop doing it. Stop hurting me. And all the addict says is I'm trying, I, I want to, or I will, yet yeah. they have no knowledge of how to do it. And so it was just such, such a cool moment. And I ended up giving her my wife's number who's been through betrayal trauma therapy. Mm -hmm. And she texts her five minutes after leaving the plane and says, Hey, just met your husband. What he did for me just changed my life. And I'm going to be talking to my fiance and getting a counselor today. And my wife texts me and goes, did you have an eventful flight? And I was like, yeah, I had an awesome conversation. She goes, I know. I just got a text from this, <laughs> from this person. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like the, the butterfly effect of, of what has happened with all this dude. It was just such a cool experience. And all because I, I, was, I was willing to follow my passions and be willing to talk about what I've been through. So that that's my that's my not so short story to start off this episode is that not why we do what we do though right it, it's exactly is that not why you fight like because that's why i fight that gets me so fired up i love that yeah right dude it was it's so cool so cool so Being disruptors of what satan is doing in other people's life ooh, nothing gets me more stoked that's yeah. amazing thank yeah. you for sharing that that was awesome yeah man let's uh let, let's let's continue on with this this whole passion thing I, I i know i talked about first the whole selling shirts and kind of kind of feeling let down and dejected and really beating myself up until i realized I, i'm not in it for the fame i'm not in it for the recognition as nice as it would be and not because i want to be famous but because i want to help as many people as possible so you know even if one person comes out of that and, and goes and listens to an episode and shares it with someone that they're like, you know what? I, I think I have a family member that, that could really benefit from this. Hey, that whole night was worth it. And so yeah. I'm, I'm over my self-pity, the woe is me stuff, but I am ready to talk about these passion projects and, and how we find our passions because it is a lot easier and a lot harder than, than people think. And it all comes with understanding. I think this comes at a good time for you. I think um, how we measure our passion project and the progress of our passion project is so important. And I think it's um, that subversion of expectation where you went and put all this work into this, uh, what was it, conference type of thing? Yeah, Wellness convention. Convention. Yeah. And to have that, you know, as you, as you, as you put it, flop, like that sucks, yeah. right? But that's not you know, the end goal of your passion, if I'm correct, is your, your vision is not to kill it at a wellness convention, right? Yeah. That, that was not my finish line. No, that wasn't right? like, yeah. I've made it. Oh, I fell. That was like maybe one play in a long game. Right. Yeah. And the play 
crashed. I'm not much of a football guy, but right. You, you, the quarterback was sacked on that one. Right. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> the, yeah. But um, sacked on the but, fourth down and had to be taken out of the game. That was a- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's injured. He's out. But then you threw a Hail Mary on the plane and just made a huge touchdown and, and really made a difference in someone else's life. Is that not the vision of the Absolutely. passion project? Right. Love Is that. that not where that, it's the Hail Mary concept, dude. I'm, I'm going to remember that one. It's time to throw a Hail Mary. So all I'm right, a little embarrassed that you're remembering a football analogy from me, but we'll let it slide. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't a golf analogy. So it's true. <laughs> all right. So why, why, why do we do passion projects? What is the purpose? Like what, what's so special about a passion project? I mean, we're all busy enough in life. Do we really need mm. more on our plate? I mean, mm. come on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we do need more on our plate. No, we need, it's, it's less that we need more on our plate, I think. And it's more, actually, that's actually a good analogy plates, right. And food. Um, I think most of us could, we eat plenty, right. We put a, we eat plenty of stuff, put plenty of garbage into our bodies. Yeah. It's less, we need to put more on our plate and more, we need to swap what's on our plate. So get some, get some spiritual veggies in there rather than stuff in our faith face with the uh, pop tarts dude I, I i love that it's it's like okay here's your two options you're gonna get food both ways mm. first option i can put some dry ramen and sprinkle the, sprinkle the seasoning on top and let you eat that that can be that can be your meal or <laughs> not even cook oh yeah yeah no we're, we're not even cooking this this is dry ramen. <laughs> or i i will cook a steak some mashed potatoes um we'll have some steamed veggies on there and I'll, I'll make you like a fruit smoothie and it'll be just this amazing meal. What are you going to choose? I mean, both of them are going to get you food, right? Both of them are going to put something in your stomach. Oh yeah. So yeah. To, to bring it back to passion projects, it's both take your time, right? The, the junk food or the healthy food um, of our time is, is maybe, you know, we'll talk about this in a second, but like consumption-based dopamine versus creation-based dopamine yes. both consume your time right but one is much healthier one's going to help you feel better live longer live truer right and 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 it affects every part of your life where you're receiving your your dopamine from and what that dopamine looks like right what it what it feels like it's all different yeah. I, I i love that you brought up the 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 dopamine the dopamine hormone and what that does for our bodies. So that, that dopamine is, that's part of our reward center. And the reason that we, the reason that we do these passion projects is because it is rewarding to us. It is something that gives us drive. It gives us purpose. It gives us confidence. And, and when, when you have those things, it has a domino effect into other things in your life. But like what you mentioned, there's two different places you can get this dopamine from. You can get it through creative purpose or creative outlets, or you can get it through consumption outlets. Now, a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, before people had media in the palms of their hands, people were constantly trying to think of new innovative ways to be productive, to be creative. They, they were they were building their arts. They were doing their passions. They were fighting for their, their families. They weren't sitting on a couch scrolling through Facebook videos for six hours or playing video games for four hours a day because they had to have it in order to relax, you know, because they are essentially addicted to these idle activities. 
because mm. everything is in the palms of their hands. And that's what this consumption dopamine is. It is dopamine that you can get from the palms of your hands. You can order food to your door from your phone without ever getting up and leaving your house. And yeah. that, and, and that even gets to the point that it's like, do I really even have to go answer the door? And you just, you just want to yell, come in, <laughs> just Set bring it, it to me. I'll Venmo or, you. <laughs> or, or you can look up an amazing recipe, go get the ingredients and cook something fantastic at home and finish that meal feeling rewarded and amazing about the fact that not only did you eat really good quality food, but you're the one that made it, you created it and you feel better about yourself because of that. Yeah. It's interesting how as technology and society has progressed, we have all shifted towards this consumption-based um, dopamine simply because it's easy, right? A yeah. hundred years ago, um, you didn't call anyone for anything, or maybe let's say 200 years ago, you did yeah, no. everything yourself, everything. right? You built the house, you <clears throat> dealt with the animals, you cooked the food, you made the food that you cooked, you grew the food that you cooked, yeah. right? Everything was self-sufficient. And now, like you said, everything is so easy and convenient um, that it makes creating things almost seem difficult like or impossible i'll talk to guys about passion projects that i think people you know 200 years ago would consider like a weekend like one weekend they would pound it out and for us now with the day and age we live in it's this impossible and difficult thing to accomplish because of all of the consumption-based dopamine we have in our way right all of the social media all of the video games all of the tv it's just it just fills our brain with this super cheap dopamine. Why would you want anything else? And this is an awesome concept because it, I think it helps people who are not addicts really relate to addicts because everybody gets this, right? Everybody knows that they want to watch YouTube versus do their homework, yeah. right? Everybody knows it's easier to, to Uber Eats rather than to make it yourself. Everybody gets that. And that's, I mean, pornography addiction is just an, just a, a step further down that same path, right? Yeah, it's instant gratification that's just a click away. Yeah. And and what I love about this episode, and I know this might seem a little bit bold and I might even offend a few people on this. This episode is going to point out to every single one of you listening that you are an addict. You might not be a porn addict, you might not be an alcoholic, but you are an addict of something. And I hope that right now you're thinking of what that thing is. Mm. To to uh to give you a, a good point. I dude, I am an addict to my phone. I I am and I recognized this when I was at the airport just this last weekend. Not a, I, I couldn't just walk with my bags. I had to walk with my backpack on, my pulling my bag with my left hand, and my phone was in my right hand. I wasn't doing anything on my phone. <laughs> yeah. My screen was off. I just had to have it in my hand. And I would put it in my pocket, and I would start to feel insecure. I would start to feel anxious. Where's my phone? Do it, did I leave it somewhere? So I'd pull it back out and I'd keep it in my hand. I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I have to have my phone in my hand? That is an addictive behavior. So every single person listening right now, I hope that you, you, you recognize at some point you've pulled out your phone for no reason and you've just had yeah. it in your hand to be like, there's got to be something I got going on on my phone. Why? What? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I love that you also brought up the, you know, staying, staying on the podcast topic of 
pornography addiction, that this has been made so convenient that it's almost impossible to find someone who has not had struggles with pornography. I'm not saying addiction. I'm not saying every man and every woman out there is a porn addict. I'm saying you'd be hard pressed to find someone that has never looked at or had a compulsion or desire to look at pornography at some point in their life. That's, that's so true, right? So, so prevalent, so convenient, it's difficult to avoid. But as I've been working with lots of guys, passion projects is one of the hardest parts of recovery in what I've seen. And it's often because of what you just described. You are not alone, right? In that having the phone out, uh, you know, we work with, with pornography addicts and, and uh, man, am I not included in this category, right? <laughs> that you, um, you know, you, you could kick the porn out of your life, but then all of a sudden, when we try to talk about passion projects, it comes up that, oh shoot, I still watch two hours of TV today, or I, or I watch YouTube, or I play video games. Yep. I'm still consuming dopamine, right? Left and right. And these are more socially acceptable uh, mediums, but yeah. they are just equally as damaging in terms of, um, in terms of Heavenly Father's plan for us, right? Right. So I'm I'm going to get spiritual really quick, but Do I it. love that quote. I'm I'm uh I'm going to poorly paraphrase it, but it's something along the lines of the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Man, mm. that is the day and age we live in yeah. is to do nothing, right? Video games, we feel like we're doing something, but really when it look and you look at the big picture, you've done nothing, right? You've spent two hours doing absolutely nothing. You've affected nothing in the outside world, increased no relationships, built nothing, right? It's all virtual. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that goes for all the other things, right? TV, uh, social media, YouTube, whatever it might be. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be so damaging as pornography. All, all Satan has to do to win is to get us spinning our wheels, right? To not do anything. So should we segue into to the solution then? Into yeah, because I'm getting depressed. What, what <laughs> do we, yeah. So, so now let's, let's talk about that. What do we need to do in, in order to start to develop this passion project? How do, how do we find it? What's the, what's the pathway to get people to understand that like, hold on, I, I actually, I would choose this healthy behavior over idleness or over this addictive behavior. And because what, what it really comes down to in order to make that transition, it's all about what you're exposing yourself to. You're either going to expose yourself to the consumption dopamine or to the creative dopamine. And so you have to start tilting the scales. How do I start going lighter on the consumption and heavier on the creation? Yeah. So jump, jump into that talk a little bit about. Yeah. I think you hit, you, you started us right there, right? We, it starts with starving yourself of consumption based. Dopamine, fasting, not starving. Right? We're fasting. <laughs> fasting is much more spiritual. I like it. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Fasting from, well, I mean, I think fasting has an, implication of like you're going to return to it okay that, that's say, true i like what you're going to delete that decreasing. whole segment right there <laughs> <laughs> okay cut it um, de- right. decreasing it right so you're because if you try to just hop right into a and i've tried this right hop right into a passion project um and you haven't decreased your um, consumption-based dopamine it's the passion project's not going to hold any passion for you it's not going to stick right? It's going to be really hard. It's going to feel like a chore. 
if you decrease your consumption-based dopamine, all of a sudden that passion project is way more rewarding than any consumption-based activity you could possibly do. And I do, I have a, the craziest testimony of that, that when I am in the zone and, and reducing my consumption-based dopamine and doing a passion project, there is nothing more fulfilling. It is so cool. It is awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. Here, here's a little test for, for all you listeners to go do. I want you to go sit in a room where there's no electronics and no type of media and you're not, you're not in the kitchen. You're not near any food or anything. Go to where you're, you are completely just isolated away from things and sit there for five minutes and take note of what your desire is to go do. What do you want to do most? And it's going to start out as like, I, I, I want to look at my phone. I want to play games. I want to go cook something. I want to eat something. I, I, and it might even be, I want to go work out. I want to go. It, it can be any number of things, but here's, here's the challenge. Take off the table, the options of the consumption dopamine. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to look at my phone. I'm not allowed to go just eat because I feel like doing something. I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to look at pornography. I'm not allowed to disappear into a more destructive consumption dopamine use. So what do I want to do now? And, and it might be, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go walk around the neighborhood. You know what? I'm going to call and talk to this friend. Uh, I'm going to read this book that I've been meeting to read. I'm, I'm going to do something that will be, that will feed the creative side of me. I'm going to look up how to sculpt. I'm going to look up how to do pottery. I'm going to you know, what, whatever it might be, and just take note of what your desires are when the consumption is off the table. And yeah. I think you'll be really surprised because it is so hard to sit and do nothing for five minutes. We have been so groomed and trained to constant stimulation, constant, right? it has constant. to be nonstop. So because of that, okay, that's not going to change. So instead, feed the other monster, feed the good monster, feed the one that is going to drive you to become a better person. You hear all these successful people that say like, I read a book a day for six months. And by the end of that six months, I found that I had more time, I had more energy, I had more knowledge, and I was more successful than I had ever been in my life. And I sit there and I think I'm like, dude, it takes me three weeks to read a book if I'm going to sit down for over an hour a day to read it. And what starts to happen is your amount of knowledge starts to increase. Your ability to read quicker starts to increase. Your ability to then regurgitate that information starts to increase. And that starts to reflect on your own life of what you can do with yourself. And so then you start getting a bigger drive. And it's this domino effect of success. And it's all because you put away the dang phone. You put away the consumption. So that's what this is all about. That's why these passion projects are so important. Because you're putting away the waste of time and the negative behaviors, and you are becoming the potential that God has always intended you to be. Yeah. 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 So as we, as we put away this stuff, right. And we create this kind of vacuum in our life, and then we start to explore things. Some people might have natural inclinations of what they would want to turn into a passion project. Right. Um, For instance, for you, it's, it's the podcast and, and, recovery and and reaching out to people and making their lives better like that's pretty um pretty intuitive as a passion project but some people it's really hard right and so it takes time they need to they need a wikipedia list of hobbies etc 
Um, and that's fine. But once you've kind of settled on something, maybe you want to try out as a passion project, I wanted to just hit on the three ingredients or the three um, requirements or qualifications for a passion project, for it to turn into something more than a hobby, something more than a project to become a passion project. So those three things, and they do matter in chronological order. Um, you can't start with number three. You got to start with number one. And number one is that you're passionate about it, right? That you actually enjoy and it gets you excited and that you have an energy about um, talking, thinking, doing this activity. So if Number you hate doing is, yard work, you really shouldn't make uh, having a, a beautiful yard your passion project. Exactly. Which sounds silly when you put it that way, but wait till I get to number three and then you'll okay. be like, oh, wait, actually people try that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they try okay. to do that. Right. So number two is that it has to be bigger than yourself. It has to require God's help. It has to be near impossible. Right. Um, it has to require basically a miracle for it to happen or so several have, miracles. You have to be passionate about it. Number two, it has to mm -hmm. be bigger than yourself. It has to like, I, I guess, dive a little bit more into that. What do you mean? What do you mean bigger than yourself? Like it has to have a purpose or like an end goal that has a, a positive outcome. What, what do you mean by bigger than yourself? No. Um, so my boss, Ruben, he's the man. He likes to ask the question. He'll ask like, okay, where do you see yourself with this passion project in a year? And then you tell him, and then he just like, he's like, okay, take that and times it by 10. So if you, so let's do it with you, Cameron, where okay. do you see this podcast? Let's, let's use the podcast. Where do you see the podcast in one year and speak present tense? Like how many people do you have listening a week? What else, what do you else do you got in All a right. year from now? Yeah, cool, dude. I, I love that we're doing this right now, by the way, this is cool. <laughs> so in a year, so right now I have about 42 to 45 people that regularly listen to the podcast, you know, not, not a huge number. Um, I, I get about 50 listens, um, yeah, 45 to 50 listens per episode where I see myself in a year. Um, I, I would love that for that to be. No, 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 I would be, no, I love that. I'm, I'm on present tense. It is a year from now. We just took a time machine. Okay. How many followers do you have? What's okay. who's listening to you? F followers in a year. Let, um, let's go with a thousand people that are listening to this podcast. You have a thousand people listening. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're going to be, we're going to be brief on this because I want to keep going, but yeah. so you've got a thousand. So times out by 10, you've got 10,000 in a year from right now, right? <sighs> that'd be that'd be sick. That'd be crazy. Right? That'd be amazing. Yeah. That would be awesome. So that's kind of what I mean is um, it's supposed to be huge. It's supposed to be crazy. And that doesn't mean the small everyday steps need to be huge and crazy. And it doesn't mean we need to be overwhelmed because there's no time limit on it. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a year, but it's all about um, pushing yourself to do something amazing, incredible, something that um, is worthy of God's help in doing, right? So, and that brings to the level three, the third one, and that is that it needs to help people. It needs to have good in it for others. And the, the podcast is a really good example of this, but a lot of people like try to skip to this step, right? So, Oh, passion project would be great for me to do yard work for all the widows in my, in my area. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you hate yard work. You hate widows. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> no. Right. You're like, I can't stand old people. No, that'd be terrible. <laughs> um, 
but you hate yard work. You don't want to do that. And so if you try to skip to level three, to number three, where you're, you're doing it the good for other people, that's awesome, but it's not going to stick, right? You're not going to stay with that. So that's why it's important. You start with the first two, start with the first one about passionate, then you go make it big. And then this third one, it comes naturally in my experience after you involve God in the process. So I'll, can I give a quick example of this? In my Please life? do, man. Okay, so I'm super passionate about board games. I'm a huge board game geek. Nerd um, alert. <laughs> nerd alert, exactly. And so one day I was like, man, I would love to design my own board game, but I don't even know where I would begin to start. That sounds insane. But I was like, I love board games, so I'm going to try it. And one day I just had this crazy idea and I started running with it, right? Um, and started writing things down. I was in a crazy like mad scientist mode. And then I go like, okay, what's step number two? I got to involve God in this as I'm going. And I just started involving him more and more and, and praying and asking for help and in terms of developing a board game, which felt silly. But the one piece that was missing, I knew that there was three, three requirements, right? I knew it had to have good in it for others. And I felt pretty lame about like, <laughs> um, well, it'll bring families together at the table and it's wholesome entertainment. <laughs> I like felt kind of lame about that. Right. I didn't feel like it was that doing that much good in the world. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to qualify as a passion project. My, uh, my grandma passed away. Um, and my wife and I had been caretaking for her for a long time. Um, and near the end she had, sorry, I didn't know I was going to get emotional. <laughs> right, man. Near the end, she had pretty severe dementia. Um, and she would get just kind of, fidgety throughout the day and she wanted to like at one point she had money all over the place and she's like trying to sort money out and there's literally like thousands of dollars all over the living room because she just didn't know what to do with herself and so I realized I needed like to I needed to figure something out to help her throughout the day so I decided um as I'm like prototyping the board game I was like you know I'll, I'll have my nanny I'll have my nan um, sort some pieces. So I just took all these like random board game pieces and shoved them into a bowl. They were already sorted. I like literally mixed them up and then <laughs> handed her this gigantic bowl and was like, man, I need your help with my board game. Can you sort this? And the look on her face and her eyes just lit up and she was like, yes, I will help you. And she sorted those and she counted every single one. And it took her like hours, hours and hours, days. It would have taken a normal person maybe like five minutes. Um, so it was really hard for her, but she loved it. She loved it. And um, and at one point she was like, Dallin, what do you need for this passion, for this, this board game to happen? You know, and I'm talking to her about funding and getting it prototyped and getting it made and play testing it, all this stuff and, and production. And she's like, how much money do you need? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. And she's like, I'll give you $100,000 just to, to make this happen. First of all, my grandma did not have $100,000 <laughs> to give me. So she was, I don't know what she was talking about. I'll give you $1 um, billion. $1 billion. And yeah, it was a really good episode of Shark Take, right? But <laughs> the thing is, is it didn't matter that she didn't have $100,000. To me, it mattered that she like believed in it. And the, the board game is about um, robots. <laughs> um, and my granddad, he passed away like two years before that. And he, um, he built robots for a living, which was so cool. Um, 
anyway, as, as the funeral was kind of happening and um, I was grieving the loss of my grandmother, um, I had all these cousins here. And one of the things with the board game is, is that I didn't know a name for it. Um, I couldn't figure it out, one that I liked. All of the names kind of sucked. And eventually um, I was praying. I don't know why. And it just kind of came to me that um, that Nanny like believed in this game and that my granddad, he um, <clears throat> he like taught me how to how to do passion projects. He was the passion project master, right? And he just, he, if he believed there was a, something you wanted to do, he would do whatever it took to get that done. Um, and so I decided to dedicate the game to them and I call it, their, their last name was Morton. So I call it Morton Manufacturing. Um, and I started um, having my cousins play test it. And it was the coolest experience. I mean, it, I mean, it is not good. I'll tell you right now, it is not good yet. <laughs> I've had some pretty disappointing moments where people are like, this rule sucks, this rule sucks, you gotta change this. But they played it and were like, this is the coolest thing. This is the coolest tribute to our grandparents. And we love this. Like they were asking me for copies of it. Like, and I'm like, I don't, I, this is barely even a copy, right? It's not even, we're not even kind of close. But they loved it and to have that like family bond and tribute, it came together. Right. That third part came in where there was good in it for other people just because I was including the Lord in it, where at first I had no idea how that was going to happen. Anyway, that was a really long and sad no, story. That was, Sorry that was about great. That. that was an awesome tribute to you, Nan. And, uh, you know, a, a great plug for uh, the board game that will be hitting shelves sometime soon, I hope with all that money, you, all that money you were given to. <laughs> yeah. All that money I inherited. No. Yeah. But what, what, I, what I do love about that. So last night at this convention, the, the doctor that was talking to everyone, um, he was talking about hormones and he was talking about testosterone and stuff and how that, that is like the driving confidence and, and everything in a man. And he said, uh, women, do you want to know how to get a man to, to be driven, to be successful, to be positive, to, to get things done and to be the man you want him to be? He was like, it's simple. Just believe in him. And I thought that was so powerful because there is, when, when, when you were talking about the fact that your nan just, she believed in you and, and that drove your purpose, that drove your motivation and encouraged you. So, and, and that was a point I wanted to bring up. When someone comes to you with a passion project idea and you wanna support them in that, the best thing you can do, it, it's not necessarily giving them the money. It's not necessarily, you know, like even making yourself available. It's, it's the mere simple act of saying, you know what? I believe in you. I know you're going to be successful at this. And I think it's awesome what you're trying to do. That alone right there will get a man off the couch and into the working frame of mind where he will start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. But dude, this is so true, right? I work with, with guys all the time about passion projects. And here's the thing. You told me 10,000 followers in a year and we're like, ha that's crazy. I freaking believe that. I absolutely believe you can do that. Well, that like, makes one of us, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe it too. But that is that is what passion projects are all about. Yeah. Like believe in yourself and then believe in other people. But it's got to, yeah, I think part of that bigger than yourself is including other people in your team and help and having other people support you and, and work with it who you want. It doesn't have to be so isolated. In fact, it should include other people. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. So last little thing here. 
how or uh, yeah how do people find what their passion project should be so let's go through this a little bit I, I think one of the first steps that I'll talk about and if you want to throw anything uh, tag it onto this um, it's as simple as go to a website called Google and, and type in uh, passion project ideas by by doing something as simple as that you're going to get a list of hundreds of things anywhere from uh, art to photography to dance to web design to coding to um, plumbing to so my my, my uh, podcast my, board yeah, to podcasting right. yeah so many different things and you just got to read through the list and as you come across things that you're like you know what I might be interested in that then write it down and you might get a list of 20 things and as you go through this list of 20 things Pick one that seems most interesting that you could jump into within, within that day or the next few days. And so this doesn't have to be a big thing. So something from my life that, that we'll use, um, I'm a dancer. I, I'm a ballroom dancer. I Latin dance, especially like salsa dancing, is a passion of mine. I love it. And I'm good at it. Mm. And that's not something mm. I say to just like brag. I'm, I'm a good salsa dancer, man. Mm, and caliente. Muy caliente. <laughs> Hi, gracias, chico. Uh, but I, I still, I still have a huge reward system of dopamine. If I turn on music, push the table to the side, and dance with my wife in the kitchen, I don't need people to be watching me dance. But the expression of that creativity and artistry that I dedicated so much of my life to getting good at immediately fulfills and rewards me. And it was because I put the time in and gave it, gave it the opportunity to grow and develop into something meaningful in my life. Yeah. So when you find these things, that, that was the last point I was going to make was give it the old college try. Give it, yeah. give it a moment to grow. See if it will float or sink. And yeah. that you're not going to discover that just by testing it out just once. Give it a few tries and see if it's something you gravitate toward. And if it is, Keep going with it. And if it's not, no big Move deal. Yeah. yeah. You next, didn't lose. Next one. A lot of people might say, well, that was a waste of time. No, it wasn't. You discovered something about yourself. You discovered yeah. you really don't like yard work. <laughs> even, even if the bushes look great, even if the lawn looks crisp and clean and green, you're still not getting that satisfaction. You didn't lose a part of yourself. You just learned yeah. more about yourself. Well, and heck, is it not better use of time than watching TV? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So did, did you have anything you wanted to tag on to that there at the end? So I think that's a good segue to just kind of this concept of DPAR, right? What you, so DPAR is an acronym. Um, and it's how, we, it's how we run passion project work, right? And so what you just described is, is what we call discovery work. It's the first one, D. And discovery work is, yeah, exactly that, right? Like, I don't know what I want to do for my passion project. I'm going to find out. Or once I do think, mm, I kind of want to do photography, how is that going to be a passion project? So spending time researching that, talking to other people, um, watching videos, reading articles, that's discovery work, right? Figuring out what you want to do for passion project. Are you okay if I go to the other ones really quick? Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, cool. So the next one, D par is P. And this system, again, this comes from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, it's actually what they use in the, the youth program. And so we've kind of just taken it and run with it with passion projects. So the P that's plan, right? So that's okay. Now I have this idea of, I want to learn a language. 
right? I think I'm going to try that, try my hand at learning Espanol, right? So that I can be even, an even better salsa dancer. No, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to create a plan, right? I'm going to do Duolingo every day, or I'm going to start taking a course at the local community college. I'm going to do this, this, or this, right? And so you make the plan, you write it down. That can be the P step, right? And then the A step, that's act. It's where you just carry out the plan. I don't know if there's much more to say about that. Right. Just follow through with your plan. Get your butt and up and go R, do it. Get your butt up and go do it. Yeah. Right. And then the R is reflect where we go back and we're like, okay, how did the plan go? How did, how did uh, my action towards this plan work? And um, with the guys that I work with, I do this about once a week. Right. Um, Cameron and I did some reflecting today where Cameron talked about, he, he made a, he did some discovery work. He found out about this wellness thing and then he wellness convention. And then he made a plan. I'm going to, make this many shirts. I'm going to go there. I'm going to talk to people. I have this expectation of what's going to happen. And then he acted upon it and it didn't go as well as he wanted it to. Right. And then he came here and he reflected, but in the process of reflection, what did you learn, Cameron? The, the passion didn't fade away just because the, the expectation wasn't met. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, that, you didn't fail in the passion project. You failed right. maybe a little bit on the plan, but even <laughs> did, did it fail? Like, did you fail or did like just this didn't work out, right? I don't think you can attribute that failure to anything that you did. Right. Right. But, it, but failing would really be just giving up on the passion project. Being like, well, I guess no one will ever believe in, the, in this cause. I should just <laughs> give up now, right? That's failure. But instead you're like, cool. I connected the next day or like the next couple of days with someone on the, on an airplane, right? Uh, like you have not given up the passion, not given up the dream. You reflect, you go back to discovery work, you figure out what went wrong and then you make another plan and then you make the act and then you just rinse and repeat the cycle over and over again. And that's the beauty of passion projects is it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's oh, about dude, working chills. on it every day. Chills, man. Oh yeah. I, I gotta that. give a shout out to my man Brandon Sanderson. But yeah, journey before destination, man. Every single Speak time. Speak that first ideal, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. It works for passion projects. It works for everything. Oh. So I mean, that's what I got. That's what I got for you. That's Do you have awesome. anything else? Any questions? No, dude, I, I think this has been, uh, it, it's so funny because sometimes I plan out these episodes and I look at the, the tool that we're going to be talking about. And I'm like, man, how do you bring, how do you bring the spirit into talking about passion projects? Like, how do you influence people and make it a meaningful episode when it's a tool just telling people like, go find a hobby and follow your dreams, man. Like, <laughs> but, but the fact that this has been so edifying and so fulfilling and so informative. I, I hope that everyone that has listened has gotten something out of this and that you feel motivated to go out and discover what your passions are and then to have the guts to actually act on it. You know, yeah. I, I think that is the hardest thing for most people. A lot of people might say, you know what? I think it would be really cool to, to learn how to play golf. And, sure. but, but then they're like, you know, but, and, and they might even be willing to go out and buy a set of clubs. But then as soon as it's like, hold on, I got to take lessons. I, I have to, uh, I have to go to the driving range on a regular basis. I need to practice my swing. I need to be teachable. And this I is going to require quite a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that can be so unmotivating and 
there, there's this awesome opportunity to learn something about yourself, to decide what you want to do, and then follow that passion, follow that dream and follow through with it all the way to the end. Even if that end is you've discovered, it just isn't for you. That's okay. Yeah. You're still discovering, you're still learning, you're still growing, and you're better off knowing that you're not a good golfer than never having tried to golf at all. Yeah. And then if I can reiterate what we talked about earlier, where you just take that time away from consumption and just start, just try a passion project, man. I've got another passion project where I want to learn Spanish and for a white dude in Oregon, that's really impossible. (laughs) My wife is fluent, but. Oh dude, then it is so possible. It's so possible. Right. But it's a little, it seems like it's hard. And it's overwhelming, right? How could I, you know, when I, when I speak with people in Spanish, I'm like, man, I am getting maybe 40% of this right now. And I've spent years working on this project. And yet every day I've got a 480 day streak on Duolingo. And I get so much creation-based dopamine from that. And I don't have YouTube, Instagram, anything on my phone, right? So when I'm on my phone doing my consumption-based time, what, what I would normally do, I'm learning. I'm learning Espanol, baby. And it's awesome. (laughs) But I do baby steps every single day, right? I am not doing huge bounds and leaps, but it's just a baby step every day. And it is so rewarding. It's amazing. Love that. Love that. All right. Well, for any of our listeners, if you would like any sort of help discovering what your passion project is, or if you want to talk to Dallin, and have him work through the DPAR system with you. If you have any questions or if you have any stories about cool experiences you've had with your passion projects, feel free to reach mm-hmm. out to us at recoveryu2. That's recoveryu, the number two, at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear your stories. We'd love to even have you on the podcast to tell those stories. And just keep reaching out, keep sharing the love, and be willing, be willing to talk to people and you know, just continue to be an amazing person. Remember that you are awesome and um, you can change the world with a smile. Dallin, thank you so much for joining me. You have been an absolute stud and this episode has been amazing. So I appreciate you, man. Of course. I loved it. It's awesome. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.